Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hopefully you guys are having a great week. Hopefully your 2022 is going well, uh, going well for me. Finally healthy, uh, feel great, and um, been able to get some good workouts in. And, you know, everything at work is going well. Jumped back into uh, the office on Tuesday. I was able to return, so was um, happy about that. Um, those of you, you may or may not know, but I work at a community college, and so our classes begin on Monday and um, helped a lot of students this week um, get off to a good start. So was uh, really, really excited about that. But um, um, appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm uh, going to cover um, a few things here, some new things, and just give some thoughts on um, just some other subjects uh, related to FSU. Um, but first of all, I have to give a shout out to uh, the FSU Hoops team. Um, st- still in the victory away from Miami the other night. Um, you know, anytime you beat Miami, I don't care what sport it is. You know, it's a good day, a good night. So um, shout out to those guys. And man, we've owned Miami um, in the past calendar year. I mean, swept them in baseball, you know, beat them in football, and we just beat them in basketball. So um, shout out to uh, Lennon Hamilton and those guys. Um, looks like they might be turning the corner a little bit, maybe. You know, we'll see. Um, they, they still have some some winnable games left on the schedule. Um, you know, we'll see. But um, <clears throat> want to start off with um, also giving a shout out to uh, our sponsor, um, BetOnline.ag. Uh, make sure you head over to um, the website and uh, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you've never done that before, uh, just use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Um, that's BetOnline.ag, uh, where the game starts. Um, but speaking of where the game starts... Um, FSU coaches, um, still heavy in the portal. Um, the latest edition, which I have not had an opportunity to cover, uh, Mr. Winston Wright Jr., a wide receiver transfer from West Virginia. And I don't know why, I guess because I'm a boxing fan. I, I want to keep calling him Winky Wright, if you guys, I don't know if you remember him, but uh, he was a, a pretty good boxer. Um, well, I say back in the day, but he wasn't that long ago. But anyway. Um, I keep want to call him. I keep want to call him Winky Wright, but it's Winston Wright Jr. But um, he is the he is a wide receiver that it seems like everybody wanted. Um, you know, we had the three transfer receivers um, that came in. Um, you know, there was a a lot of potential some production um, from Michael Pittman, um, but you know, a lot of you know some people were complaining that um, you know the coaches didn't bring any, any, any production as far as, um, a wide receiver with production. And so, uh, Mr. Wright Jr. fits that, uh, bill, um, you know, had over 600 receiving yards, five touchdowns. Um, I think he had uh well over 50 catches. Um, he was uh, West Virginia's leading receiver, um, last year. Also, um, 
In addition, in the kick return game, um, averaged uh, 26 yards um, per return, which is much better than FSU has had over the past couple of years. So uh, he kind of, you know, kills two birds with one stone there. And um, so that was that was good to see. So now I think with the uh, wide receiver room, room you can kind of count on him to be a contributor. You know, pretty sure about that. And then we also have I'm pretty sure you can you can probably count on Pittman to make some contributions. Um, Pittman also kills two birds, one stone in the punt returning game. So, you know, with these additions in the, in the, um, the portal at wide receiver, uh, coaches also have addressed some deficiencies on special teams, which we know um, were pretty poor um, over, you know, well, in the past few years. I mean, FSU hasn't been good at punt return since DJ Matthews, maybe in 2018, maybe. I think he I think he was decent that year. And kickoff return, I mean, man, it's been it's been a long time since they've been, you know, good at uh kickoff return. So, you know, so uh good on that. Um good addition. I think I think um, you know, they they're probably done at wide receiver, um, unless, you know, just a stud wants to come and you, you can't really say no. Um, so, and we've talked about, you know, the addition of, um, you know, wide receivers since they didn't sign any in the early signing period. So if you missed, uh, any of those episodes, we talked in depth about the importance of, you know, getting guys that at least have some uh, college experience, uh, been through some spring practices and understand how things work. And, um, you kind of saw the importance of that. Um, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. We saw the importance of that um, in the national championship game when Alabama lost um, their second leading wide receiver, and they had to put in a true freshman in um, Aggie Hall, who was, you know, highly rated, one of the top rec- recruits that came out of last year. And you know, you saw the difference um, in Miami's passing game when you had to go from somebody that was proven to putting a true freshman out there, and you saw him with some critical drops. And, you know, he didn't even know, he didn't even know, you know, some of the plays, you know, guys were having to tell him, you know, the plays out there. So, you know, when, when I talk about, you know, depending on freshmen out there, that's kind of w- what I was referring to. You you want some guys that have some experience or at least understand, you know, kind of how things work and have been through some, some college practices uh, before. <clears throat> so um, some other big news came today, um, which was kind of expected, um, the return official return of defensive tackle Fabian Lovett. Um, he announced that today, which, you know, he, I mean, classes have already started. And um, I think, you know, some people were saying they had already seen him in the weight room, but he went ahead and made that official today. And so that was, that was big for FSU um, on the defensive front. So basically, you know, aside from defensive end and losing uh, Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas, you know, the defensive line returns everybody, you know, so you're going to have Fabian Lovett there. You're going to have Robert Cooper, Cooper there. Um, you're going to have Malcolm Ray there. You're going to have Jared Jackson. All those guys played heavy minutes. Uh, Dennis Briggs returns, but, you know, he may slide out to defensive end, which is, uh, you know, a move I like. You know, he came in as a defensive end. But, um, you know, I think Lovett coming back, I mean, he was all ACC honorable mention and probably would have gone into the draft if he hadn't, you know, gotten injured uh, during the season. He played through it. I think he only missed one game. But, um, you know, you could tell there was a little bit of drop off in his play um, once the injury occurred. 
but still, you know, finished with you know nearly 30 tackles and I think it was uh, 6.5 tackles for loss, two sacks. Um, you know, he was a menace, um, you know, along the defensive front. So, you know, him coming back, teaming up with Cooper is going to be big time for FSU. So here you're talking about a lot of experience, a lot of leadership on that defensive line. And, um, you know, they should be among the best, uh, you know, in the ACC, um, you know, and they were able to kind of build a little bit of depth last year. Um, with Malcolm Ray and, and Jared Jackson and even Joshua Farmer, you know, got in there a little bit. So, you know, that, that's a, that's a strong, a strong, um, group right there. And so what that does is, and I've said this before, that gives Adam Fuller, um, experience, returning experience at every, every level. I mean, like I said, you got Cooper Lovett on the D line there. You have, um, and then if you move Briggs out to kind of replace uh, Thomas, you know, he's, he, you know, he's been at FSU a couple of years, so you're good there. And then you have Kalen DeLoach, um, a linebacker, and then you bring in the UCF um, linebacker and Tatum Bethune, you know, he had over a hundred tackles. So you bring that, that experience there at linebacker. And then we talked about the impact of um, Jamie Robinson returning and then, of course, you have, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jarvis Brownlee returning. You have, um, you know, Kevin Knowles returning. You have Sidney Williams returning. Um, Akeem Dent returning. So you have a secondary that has, um, you know, quite a number of snaps under their belt also. So all three levels will have experience. And so. You know, I'm expecting the defense to – they should take a significant jump this year. Um, you know, aside from losing, you know, Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas, and don't get me wrong, those are – that's a lot of production to replace. But, you know, I think they've done a good job of um, addressing that with um, the addition of Jared Verse. And, um, you know, and they, they, they may – you know, they may bring another defensive end in at some point. So – um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, what else? Um, Ron Dugan's contract. I know there's kind of some, you know, kind of conflicting information out there. Um, I don't have any inside, excuse me, any inside information on, on that. You know, I'm just kind of going with more of a common sense approach, um, uh, which is kind of, you know, what I do, you know, um, some outlets reporting that, you know, Dugan's more than likely wasn't going to be, you know, ex, you know, return um, or get extended. And then, you know, then it kind of seemed to change. I think it was Josh Newberg from 247 that, you know, he was saying that, you know, nobody was saying that Dugan's was going to be, you know, retained um, or whatnot, but they weren't saying that he was either. So basically, you know, they were kind of like slowly rolling that. And so here, here's kind of my thinking on that. Um, and I put this on Twitter on one of the accounts, um, whether it was, I think it might've been my personal one or the built for playmaker, um, account. But basically what I think is, you know, you have, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of touchy uh, and this, that's one of the deals you have when you, when you, when you, when you have former players on the staff. You know, and he, I mean, he was already on the staff. He, just, you know, Mike just kept him when he became head coach. But, you know, you kind there is a different respect level, I believe. You know, whenever you're dealing with, you know, a guy that 
that used to play at a university. And, you know, of course, you know, Dugans was productive and, you know, went and played in the NFL and all that good stuff. And so you don't want to just, you know, you don't want to just disrespect the guy while he's still under contract. You know, it doesn't make sense to fire him because his contract does expire at the end of the month. So, for, you know, a lot of people, you know, they get on Twitter be like, man, Dugans ain't gone yet. You know, uh, why is he still here? I mean, you can't, it's dumb to fire him because he's still on a contract and the contract expires, you know, in a few weeks, you know, so I think it might've been one of those deals where, you know, they was just like, look, Hey, you know, slowly roll, you know, don't just be out there, you know, popping off that he's definitely, you know, going to be gone. You know, let's, let's give him the respect. Um, you know, he's been here, he's, you know, he's, you know, still working or whatever. And, um, you know, whenever the time comes, you know, for his contract to expire, you know, it can expire and, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, oh, we fired him or anything like that. You know, it's just, hey, you know, got different options and, we're, you know, we want to go a different direction. And so that's kind of more of a, a, a respectful way to do it opposed to just, you know, kind of just put it out there like, yeah, you know, we're interviewing this guy, we're interviewing that guy and blah, 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 you know. And so, I, you know, it makes no sense for um, Mike Novell to – to do interviews with coaches, you know, other reports have come out that, you know, he reached out to a couple of other guys about coming in and um, coaching. And so it makes no sense for Mike Novell to, to say, okay, I'm going to go talk to these coaches without having, you know, without knowing that he's going to make a move. Right. Um, You know, I don't think, I don't think he goes and and has those conversations without knowing he's going to make a move. I mean, I mean, because if you do that, I mean, that word, the word is going to get back, you know, it's going to be out, you know, I mean, so, you know, I personally think, you know, they're still going to make a change. I I think they have to make a change. You know, I've said that uh, from the get go, Um, you know, you just can't, you can't go, you know, and not sign anyone um, from the high school ranks. And now is the perfect time to do it. You have, you know, a ton of. You know, you have four wide receivers coming in from the transfer portal. Um, the contract is expiring, you know, and um, it's just a perfect time to bring somebody else in, I believe. Um, you know, and, you know, you could look at it and say, well, you know, who who would want to come to FSU right now and coach, you know? And I think that may have been another, um, you know, factor in them extending Mike, you know, at the time we were kind of looking at it like, Oh, well, you know, this is kind of, you know, because they did it, you know, right there around um, the early signing period, but, you know, more so than just players, you know, it could be also a factor in um, attracting uh, new talent as far as coaches, you know? Um, So if you extend Mike through 2026, you know, and he, he looks to hire another coach, you know, the coach can say, Oh, okay, well um, it's, you know, if I come in right now, it's 2022. I mean, it's four years until 2026, you know, and they'll probably only give, you know, a new coach like a three-year deal. I mean, two or three-year deal. That's usually how it works. So, I mean, he'll know um, before his contract's even up, you know, it, how things are going to shake, uh, whether Mike will be retained or 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 extended or whatever. So I think that was probably one reason, another reason why they decided to um, extend Norvell that one year. Um you know, so I still think they're going to make a change. If they don't, I would be I would be disappointed. Um, and I would probably 
I would need, I would have to hear why. I mean, I, we would never hear why, but I would just, I don't know. I would, that would kind of, Mike seems like he's kind of all in on doing what he needs to do to whether it's flip the wide receiver room or, um, you know, it looks like a change is going to be made at linebacker, whether Marv, you know, got the job at Virginia Tech or not. So it seems like he's all in on doing what he needs to do to make changes, you know. So if he doesn't make a change here, I I don't know. I would just – I would be surprised. And like I said, I kind of would have to look at things a little differently then because I think, I think now would be the perfect opportunity to uh, to do that. So I still expect – the change to happen you know if not i would be surprised and disappointed and if that happens i'll probably come on here and rant about it um next thing on the list um so fsu has 21 new players enrolled this spring so that um is a combination of new early enrollees from high school and then your players from the transfer portal so 21 players is roughly 25% of your 85 scholarship players. Wow. A quarter of your roster is new and enrolling in the spring. How crazy is that? Um, But, you know, I've talked about the importance of being able to enroll in the spring. Um, And you saw that last year. Um, Keir Thomas, Jermaine Johnson, Jamie Robinson, uh, they all enrolled in the spring. And you saw – what type of impact they were able to have in the season. Um, it's, it's a lot different if you're not able to enroll in the spring and you don't get there until the summer or the fall. Uh, being in the spring will allow those guys to get their spring you know, practices in, kind of build you know, those bonds with their teammates, with their coaches, learn offense, defense, roles, all that good stuff. So having all those transfers in, and I think that's why FSU pushed so hard for those transfers. So they, they knew they wanted to get them in. And get them acclimated and everything so that they can make the impact that they need them to make in the uh, 2022 cycle. Um, and one other thing, and I, and I wrote about this on ChopChat.com, I think it was Wednesday. Um, watching the national championship game, man, watching that game, I was just like, every, what kept going through my head was I was like, man, how far away – how far away is FSU from like not competing for a national championship, but you know, just like kind of just looking at each team, like, okay, where, where are we kind of similar, I guess, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, mm, you know, but as I, as I, as I was looking at that game, I was, I was looking at it and I was like, what is the biggest difference between FSU and these teams right now? I mean, obviously, ta- obviously talent. I mean, you know, those two teams have recruited at, the elite of the elite levels. And I mean, you saw it. I mean, Bama, Bama lost, you know, their top two receivers and still put in, still had a, you know, high four star, former five star at one point, you know, wide receiver to, to go into the game. Um, you know, so obviously depth, depth is a huge, huge difference. Um, and, and I talked about it at FSU um, before the 2021 season. I felt like, you know, FSU's starting 11 on each side of the ball could compete with most teams. Um, you know, the problem was going to be, you know, if something happened um, injury-wise, you know, at certain positions or, you know, if you just needed a breather and came out of the game and you, you put the reserves in, you just it was just going to be a huge drop-off, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, especially, especially, you know, quarterback and uh, along the offensive line. 
Um, but depth was one of the biggest things. And that, you know, that's just something that takes time. But that's also something that I think FSU has used the transfer portal wisely for, you know, you know, you you know, sometimes you have to take a chance on a player for one year, like with Jermaine Johnson. But, you know, you've seen FSU kind of take a, a different approach in getting guys with multiple years of eligibility left. Um, so, you know, and but, you know, if those guys come in and have great years, you know, they could leave after this year. But at the same time, if that happens, then you're probably going to have a pretty good year. And so, you know, they're dependent on the transfers to come in not only to impact 2022, but also, you know, to, to build, help build depth, um, for 2023, um, while also giving, giving some younger guys time to develop, you know, so bringing in a Jared verse, um, who, you know, I've said it before, you know, I don't expect Jermaine Johnson, but if you can get something similar to, to Keir Thomas out of him, then that'll also continue to allow, you know, your, you know, Patrick Payton's and, uh, George Wilson's and, um, you know, all of your younger, um, you know, Derek McClendon's guys, you know, to continue to develop, you know, and then I think, you know, as, as the season goes on, you'll be able to see those young guys, um, you know, kind of contribute more and more and more. And so then, you know, let's say verse has a, a solid year, but it's not like a, you know, a Jermaine Johnson year. And, you know, he, you know, he kind of has to come back in uh 2023 then you know then you you're gonna have man you're gonna have him there you're gonna have patrick payton there um and then you know all of these other guys that are so you're gonna have you know some some quality depth of that position that you haven't had in a long time you know so um so they're looking to compete in 2022 like i said you know norvell has to win this year and the, the way to you know to go about that is you know bringing in players that can come in and compete um you know this year opposed to you know relying on you know true freshmen to come in here um and uh and try to compete with grown men you know usually that's not gonna that's not gonna work out for you too well um and we've talked about that at, at the receiver position so that's another reason why i kind of like how they brought in um Pittman and and Wright. Um, you know, I expect those guys to contribute and I expect Johnny Wilson, um, you know, to have a role too, um, and span it, you know, in different points, but I expect Pittman and Wright to be the, the, probably the biggest contributors from that group. Um, what else is different, difference between, um, Bama, Georgia and FSU, um, another, another thing was just the sheer size of those guys. I mean, FSU's got a couple guys that, you know, when they step off the bus, you know, you're like, hey, hey that's a dude right there. <laughs> but, man, just the sheer size that those guys have and the speed at which those defenses um, just swarm to the ball, man, I mean, you know, everything was – I mean, you rarely saw, you know, a missed tackle – you know, and just um, those guys played as a as a unit, and um, you know we saw that. You know, especially on defense, we saw a better version of that with FSU last year. Uh, more swarm to the ball, more physicality, um, especially as the year went on. You know, once they kind of got you know guys in their respective roles, and guys knew kind of you know what they were supposed to do. And I expect that to improve, and like I said, in 2022. But you know, just the speed at which those guys moved and the size that those guys have—I mean, 
you know, like I said, this will be the second year that FSU has had um, a real offseason under Mike Norvell because uh, you can't really count, you know, the 2020 year because it was all on Zoom and you you were depending on those those guys to work out on their own. It's just a totally different game. I mean, you you know what? If you go work out and you have to work out by yourself and you're dependent on you to motivate yourself, it's not the same as as if you have a partner to work out with. So, um, so this is just the second year that you know we those guys will have an off season of you know strength and conditioning, and so you know it's just you know you just it's just something that's going to take time to develop, you know that size and and in um, you know having that nutrition plan and and all that good stuff. So. You know, that'll come, I think. Um, it's just not something you can just flip a switch and you have it overnight. Um, what else? Um, quarterback play. Um, you know, obviously I thought um, uh, my man from Alabama, man, he was dropping dimes under duress all night. You know, just his, his receivers let him down. When you look at Georgia's quarterback, I mean, I mean, you, and then you look at Jordan Travis – um, they're different quarterbacks, but at the same time, I felt like, you know, this guy isn't, you know, I mean, he wasn't that much better than Jordan Travis. You know, and, you know, the biggest thing with Jordan Travis is just can he, you know, can he stay healthy? Um, whenever you're talking about Travis playing against an average to decent defense, uh, you know, I feel pretty good about Jordan Travis. You know, it's when it's when you you put him up against those elite defenses like we saw with um with Clemson. You know, if the offensive line you know, you know, if he doesn't have time to throw and and even though he's as as um athletic as I don't know what, you know, when the defense can can move and swarm like that Clemson defense did this year and kinda of negate his legs, you know, you know, that's it's gonna be a long night for him. Um but the key with him is gonna be, you know, just continuing to progress as a passer and so, you know, we'll see how that goes. So um you know, I say that and I say, well, you know, moving forward, you know, like I said, if you if you if you keep Jordan Travis healthy last year, I feel like FSU probably wins seven games minimum last year. Right. They won five. One of those is on the coaches. We you know, we talked about that ad nauseum. I'm not going to go into it, but I think they win seven games last year um, with Jordan Travis healthy. OK, now we cannot guarantee you that Jordan Travis is going to be healthy the full season of 2022. And that's why I keep saying, I, you know, I feel like they need to go take a transfer quarterback. Um, and I know there's some names out there. Um, one of the names is the kid from Oregon, Robbie Ashford. And I think that would be a, a dumb waste of a scholarship. The kid has played zero college snaps, you know. So why would you bring in a kid that if Jordan Travis went down this year, I mean, you might as well just stick AJ Duffy out there. AJ Duffy would know the offense better than, than that kid from from Oregon, um, because he's been working with you know Tony Tokars, you know, the whole last year and learning the offense, and he's going to be here this spring. So, I think that would be a waste of a scholarship. Uh, I still think it needs to be somebody that has college experience. That um, you know, in a pinch, if Jordan Travis went down, you could stick him. You can stick him out there and not have the drop off that you had last year. And that would also preserve, um, you know, A.J. Duffy from having to be thrown in the fire um, as a true freshman. And it would continue to give him an opportunity to develop and um, prepare him to likely become the starter in 2023. Um, So, you know, um, but, you know, if you keep Travis healthy, 
you know, the offensive line, you know, should be improved. You know, the wide receiver group should be better. Whatever combination you want to put out there, um, you know, those new guys will be here all spring learning the offense. And so, you know, I, I expect that room to be better. Um, you know, Cameron McDonald returns a tight end. You know, he kind of is what he is. You know, he's right around 25 receptions, you know, 250, a uh, couple of touchdowns. That's what he's been the last couple of years. So you kind of know what you're going to get with him. And um, running back, you know, you know, Treshawn Ward, you know, was productive last year. Um, Toa Philly, you know, if he could stay healthy, that's the biggest thing with him. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, he, you know, he can flash in there and then DJ Williams, you, you know, hopefully he'll come into camp in better shape than he did last year. Um, so you got, three. I feel like with Mike Novell, he's proven that, you know, no matter who the running backs are, you know, he's going to get decent production from them. So, you know, the offense, you know, if everybody stays healthy, the offense, you know, should, should take another step forward. And, um, we've talked about a the defense there. So, I mean, you know, not only in 2022, but, you know, when you look at this thing as a big picture, you know, Mike Novell is, is putting things in place for this team to to have success. So, so, like I said, so if everything goes well this year and say A.J. Duffy doesn't have to play and he can, you know, likely redshirt and then become the starter in 2023. So you got your quarterback of the future there. Offensive line, hopefully, um, the young guys, the uh, Thomas Schraders, the uh, Lord Willis's, um, uh, who else do we have? Um, uh, Mari Smith, hopefully, you know, with Kane Lowes coming in, that will give him a year to, you know, get bigger and stronger. Rod or um, Bryson Estes, hopefully those guys in 2023 will emerge and become the contributors that FSU needs. Um, so the offensive offensive line should be more solid. Your uh, wide receiver room should be even better, you know, depending on who, who stays and leaves and, you know, and all that good stuff. And um, so the offense, the offense will be, you know, the offense will be, you know, I think in a, in a position to, to win, you know, eight games, you know, depending on the schedule and all that good stuff. Defensively, the secondary, I feel good about linebacker, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see, um, what happens with Bethune and, uh, and Deloach. Um, if those guys come back in 23, then you're going to be set there. Um, I think the biggest question mark for the defense probably in 23 is going to be defensive tackle. Um, you, you've got some bodies, but you know, you just don't have guys as of right now that you can count on to be dominant. Um, you know, so, um, that's the only that's the biggest area I think um that they've missed on that I would like for them to address with like you know immediate contributors and um so other than that I feel like FSU could be respectable in 22 23 you know um they just got to continue to build the depth that they've been doing um you know over the past year or so um so you know we'll see they that you know they still have some spots left um, in this two, uh, 2022 recruiting cycle that they can fill. And, um, you know, we'll kind of see what route they choose to go into, which leads me into um, the last part uh, of the pod. And um, it was a listener question from my man uh, one day at a time. I appreciate you, my guy, always supporting the um, the podcast. 
Um, but he asked, um, what would be uh, my sleeper pick for um, 2022? So, you know, who would who would be the guy that, you know, people maybe maybe not think about, but could have, you know, an impact, I guess is what he's asking. And man, my guy, my guy, and, and he gave an example of, um, Marion Cooper. Um, yeah, and I guess that would be like a choice for him. I'm going to go with my man, um, Briggs. Uh, you know, like I said, if they move Dennis Briggs out to defensive end to replace Kier Thomas, number, number one, um, he's already experienced, um, you know, he's college ready. Um, he was one of the best pass rushers as a defensive tackle last year before the play. I think it was Louisville or maybe Syracuse, one of those two. You know, he took the cheap shot, the dirty play, and that's really what took him out for the remainder of the year. But before that, you know, he was a disruptive force uh, along the defensive line. But if you move him out there and then Verse comes over on the other side, I mean, you're going to have, you know, it may not be the level of Thomas and Johnson combined, but – uh, you know, I think you're going to have a solid duo there. But Briggs is my dude. I think if they move Briggs out to the defensive end, I think he's going to surprise some people and um, hopefully help solidify that uh, defensive line um, and uh, somewhat fill the void left by uh, Keir Thomas. And then the other part of the um, question was, um, uh, he said, um, what positions would I uh, add what four positions would I add? Uh, and I'm assuming from the portal, um, if I could. And so, um, the four positions I would add, I know I wrote an article. Um, I wrote about three positions the other day, um, about the three positions I hope that they address from the portal. But since he gave me four, um, I'm going to say offensive tackle or, or at least a guy that can play offensive tackle and guard, uh, but, you know, a true offensive tackle is going to be hard to come by. So, but let's just say offensive lineman. So offensive lineman, because you have, you really only have six guys right now that you can count on. So you got Dylan Gibbons, Caden Lyles, Bless Harris, uh, Darius Washington, uh, Mari Smith, and then Robert Scott. Those are your six guys you have that have some real college experience. Um, you know, ideally you would like to have, you know, seven eight or, you know, or more. Um, so I think they need to bring in at least one more guy and that'll, that will give them seven, you know, kind of college ready guys that, um, you know, they could kind of depend on. And, um, and then, and then hopefully, you know, you have a, you know, a Lloyd Willis or, um, you know, a Thomas Schrader, you know, I know he got hurt, but, you know, you're gonna need you're gonna need one of these other guys to to step up and play, um, whether it's you know Rod or um, you're gonna need one of these other guys to be that eighth guy. So uh, breaking in one more guy for, for you know for the offensive line, and then hopefully one of these other guys that hasn't been a contributor can step up. That will give them eight eight guys you can kind of count on. If they have that man, you know if somebody does go down, you know you don't have the drop off that you had, um, you know last year. Um, my other position would be quarterback. You know, I've kind of talked about that, you know, with the injury history, injury history of Jordan Travis. Uh, I feel like they, 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 I, I would ideally like to have a, a graduate transfer, just a guy with one year. Um, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do there. I, I do think they're going to add someone from the, um, 
the portal at quarterback at some point. Um, defensive end is another position. I hope that they they um, whether it's the portal or you know I think they're going to I think the um, gosh what's the name is it um, Jack um, Plyburn I think is his name in high school. They may, you know, I think they're going to go see him. They haven't offered yet, I don't think, but I think they're going to go see him um, tomorrow or Friday. Um, and so we'll see what they do there, but I still think they need another defensive end. And then the fourth and last position um, is going to be hard to say. I'm going to say either linebacker or running back. Um, and so, and I'll just say whatever, whatever player – becomes available the best player that becomes available at whatever position so if you if you have a running back and a linebacker but the running back that's available is the best option go with the running back or vice versa um with linebacker i mean you you have you know you have deloach you have bethune you have lundy you have gainer and those are four guys, but you know they're going to play a four-two-five for the most part. So you're not going to have two linebackers on the field, you know, most of the time anyway. So it's you know you don't need a you know a ton of more bodies there, but you know I could see them adding another guy, you know, just because you know Bethune could leave after next year, um, you know. So, but also um, running back, you know, I know they want to add a running back. Um, and I know, you know, some people were talking about the guy from Oregon and I don't know, I'm not a fan of that take. Um, but you know, with, with Toa Philly having, you know, being injury prone, you know, and, and weighing like a buck 80, 185 tops, um, you, I can see why they would want to add another running back. Um, you know, Toa Philly's kind of a, a, a slashy, you know, smaller guy. Trayshawn Ward's not a – he's not a, a small, small guy, but he's not a bruiser either. And then, you know, DJ Williams is kind of the bruiser. But, you know, if if they're going to go add, you know, another running back, then that kind of tells me they may not be sold on DJ Williams yet. I'm, I haven't heard that. But, I mean, you know, he didn't play that much last year. He You know, he came in camp kind of out of shape. So – you know, if I had to choose between linebacker and running back, I would say running back just because, you know, those injuries of that position can mount up pretty quickly. Uh, I know uh, Jason Corbin played banged up a lot of the second half of the season last year. Um, and so uh, so I'm going to say offensive lineman, quarterback, running back, and defensive end. Those would be the four positions that – I would um, address in the portal um, with my remaining spots. And so with that said, guys, um, I'm going to go ahead and cut it here. Um, hopefully I'll be able to record in the next couple of days. I know there's some smoke out there about um, a commitment um, here coming up over the weekend, I think. And so um, we'll see who that is and whatever else happens between now and then. Um, we'll check in with you guys then. Um, I do want to shout out. I saw that we're up to um, about 14 or 15 uh, five-star ratings on um, the uh, Apple um, platform. So um, I really appreciate appreciate that. Um, any, any way you guys can, um, you know, uh, share the links on um, Twitter. Um, if you're on Facebook, Facebook. Um, 
and uh, keep those five star reviews coming. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you check out um, our sponsor there um, at BetOnline.ag. And um, again, you can contribute um, donations to the Built for Playmakers uh, Cash App. That's Built for Playmakers, um, the number four. And um, hey, we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Appreciate you guys. Go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.